The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Ooh. Is that a, yeah, was moo. that a cow? Yeah, moo is usually a fucking cow, Pete. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so, but the Oh, course, that's right, it's horse. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right, I'm an idiot. Uh, it's thoroughbred racing career is done. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was a dumb blonde moment for Chris Sims last week. Nay, moo, I don't know, horse cow. What's up, everybody? Happy Halloween. It's the Week 8 Recap Podcast. Ahmed Farid is here. We are in Central Park at NBC Sports. Yeah. How you doing? You feeling good? Ready good. to go? Yeah. Ready? Yeah. It's okay to have a dumb moment. Yeah. We all have them. Well, I do. Definitely We'll do. have multiple on this podcast. Yeah, I don't know. That but was more dumber than most. It's when you double down and tell someone else they're being dumb. <laughs> That's when it's really it bad. it was you. Yes. That's right. the worst. <laughs> I know. I was caught up in farm animals, all right? I don't know what it, I have farm animals in my house. I got into the horseshoe. I don't know what I was thinking, so my bad there. Uh, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. You came as Chris Sims. I did. Yeah, you're funny on Twitter today. You're a funny guy. I didn't do that. Oh, you Wyatt didn't? did that. You know who makes all the funny oh, stuff for you guys? Wyatt. At yes, right, yeah. right. And then Pete sent it to me. If you're watching on YouTube or Peacock right now, you can get your own Chris Sims, shock jock football analyst. Well done, well done. Thank you for adding that too. When Trick. I saw that, I was like, "You are an asshole." Uh, good morning to you. Includes uh, a wristband with a spleen classic. not included. Yes. Good. Well, you no got to keep it real. Controversial QB list. I like that. And did you see the warning? The Ooh. red warning label, top button. It's not adjustable. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Backwood blunt wraps. It was, it's perfect. It yeah. really is. Way to go. It's it well done Chris by Sims. Wyatt. I'm, I'm looking at the picture going, where did they get that picture? That has to be from Super Bowl week last year. I was wondering that too. Yeah, it has to be from Super Bowl week out in L.A. Because I don't think I really wore those sneakers other than that week for the most part. It's tough to get a full body shot of people these days. You know, usually it's like a... Yeah, wow. yeah, tough. I don't know. Nobody wants to carry. Nobody wants to take pictures and see my booty and thighs. I don't yeah, know. No one wants to see. What's that. wrong with the, the world? Yeah. What's wrong with that? Um, all right. So if you you trigger treating for, with the kids tonight, I'm not going. I am walking around with them. Okay. Yeah, we're good. going around to my parents' place. What were you going to say? I'm not going. What trick or treating? I mean, yeah, I didn't think my, you were trick or treating. Were you going to knock on the door and be like, trick or treat? <laughs> oh, Mom and Farid from NBC Sports. Can you give me a peanut butter <laughs> cup? Going as Chris Sims, <laughs> the uh, old haircut. Uh, yeah, they're going to go around. My son's a construction worker. Yeah. My daughter's Bluey, wow. cartoon character now. Wow, Bluey, big time cartoon character. Which yeah. one's Bluey? I don't know if I know that Blue one. Blue dog. I right? think I, I'm not. Totally okay, sure. from what show though? Bluey and Bingo. Damn, yeah, I Bluey, don't know. The name that. of the show okay, is Bluey. So that's that's what I know. I'm out of that. I'm out of that, that world. I, I don't know anymore. You've entered into a whole new, oh, whole part new world. Of parenthood here. They're not trick or treating, right? They they are. Like my they little, are. My, my how old's your son now? My son's twelve. He's okay. gonna do something, but like he's wearing Cobra Kai. Have you heard of Cobra Kai? That's like the new Karate, karate Kid, kid show. Yeah. Like he thinks it's the coolest fucking thing on earth. 
Okay. It looks horrible when I watch it, just to let you know. Yeah. <laughs> it looks yeah. fucking horrible. Yeah. But he loves it. You can't tell him differently either. Johnny, Johnny's 74 years old doing sweep kicks and leg sweeps. You know yeah. what I mean? Remember Johnny from like. Is, oh, is he the original? Put, put him in the kid? Body. All the originals are in there. So the dude, You're like, the guy's yeah. had a cane and he's throwing the, the, <laughs> the crane kick. Yeah. The guy who's the original Karate Kid, though, he looks like he could still be in his 30s. Ralph Macchio a- does. He a- apparently does he's not like, age. He's like 82. But. <laughs> he is something crazy like it that. It is. It's like 70 or 60-something. I think it is. I'm not he even joking. Looks no older than you or me. But where I've gotten weird here is my daughter. Okay. My daughter's 16. Sure. Costume is it's what yep. sexy right. something yep. right We've entered that realm. So, yeah, so yeah. Friday night I was like, okay, here she goes to get dressed to go to some party, and she comes down as like you know I don't know a green fairy or something. I don't really know what sure. the hell she was. Yeah, something with sexy clothes on with wings on it. Okay, and hey, it's a costume, yeah. and that's where I'm at in that point of my life. So and what nothing- did you do? Did you go? No, can't do it. No, not at all. No, I mean, just ride the wave. I don't know. What are you going to do? That's if they're all doing it, that's a part. You don't yeah. want your kid to be a square. No, and it wasn't like out. so unbelievable. Where I was like, whoa, you can't. You're showing too much cleavage there, Charlotte. It wasn't anything like that. Do you so. defer to Danielle, too? And she's like, it's fine. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, but it, like, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm not like that kind of dad that's like, sure. you know. Put your, trust your kids. You trust your kids. I do. Just be responsible. I do. And yeah. We're not raising nuns over there. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Uh, before we get to our uh, our rundown, yeah. I want to tell you, I went to Syracuse, my alma mater. I know you over did. Over the weekend. I went to the football game. They played Notre Dame. Uh, I made a prediction that they would win 27 to 13. That yeah. prediction was wrong. Wrong. Um, but it was the first time in 20 years that I've been back and went to a football game, and so it was it was cool to to get back and That's see really the old, awesome, the old campus there. So there's the there's the JMA Wireless Dome, used to be called the Carrier Dome. Yeah, that's all I know it by. It was loud. There was like 50,000 fans there. It's like the best year they've had. Oh, in a look while. at you! Look at you looking cool in your orange sweatshirt. I left it all out in the bleachers. You yeah. did, you did. I was a little surprised that some of the upper tier seats weren't filled for the Notre Dame game, and as good as you guys are, they were blocked out. So, so they do the block end of the game out? here. Yeah, they blocked okay. out one section for overflow students. I think uh, if if all the students show up, oh, it would have so been. so they have to have that yeah. seating there. Gotcha. Um, but gotcha. that was at the end of the game, and so people left. No, it was it was packed. It was packed. It was loud there, but uh, we lost, and I texted Mike Tarico afterwards, you know, yeah. famous right. Syracuse grad. Yeah. I go, sorry, I tried my best, and he goes, thanks for trying. Oh, you well, know, I thought like you guys a, had, like, just a group text to everybody in sports media, because yeah. you all went to fucking Syracuse. Yeah, there's like 70,000 people just be in like, Yeah, better luck next year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you guys go, got a good program, though. It's, it's a good it's, program. You guys are relevant every year now, so that's, there's something to say about that. Dino Babers has done a good job. He really has recruit really good coach all right so that is our weekend that is our halloween and now it's time to get down to business and uh we've got a lot of games to get through there are still some buys and so that'll help us out here but we got every game that's our promise to you the homies we got damn okay we got give me the headlines a monday night football preview all that to get to we start with the game that we had on NBC, Josh Allen, your boy Booyah. Blue, against your former boy Aaron Rodgers, who you've <laughs> since broken up with. Yep, cheating uh, on him every day now. Everyone on Football Night in America picked the Bills except for one person. What a nice guy you are. Be, I had to be that guy. Yeah. I thought uh, maybe I could get the miracle, the Hail Mary. Yeah, well, Buffalo, they were trying to fuck it up at the end, and they stopped caring about the game to let them cl- climb back in it. So I think that's the story, Yeah, right? right. I, I, have the Bills gotten to a point, we'll get to the Packers, yeah. but have the Bills gotten to a point where they can play their C game, maybe B game, and still win by 10 points? I, uh, I, I, I do think against a lot of the teams in the NFL, yes, I do. I mean, they're... they're 
They every bit rival the Philadelphia Eagles for the best team in football. There's no question about that. You really look at them and go, what's really the weakness of the team that you can attack? And then they have some things that are extraordinary about them as well. I did not think that was their best ball last night on either side. You know, that's what happens sometimes. Alpha bye week, a team that you've, you know, hey, we're bye week. We're kind of out of our mojo. You playing another team that's desperate and like, oh, no, like we're about to be three and five. You know, so there, there's those emotions there, too. And, yeah, I don't think uh, Josh Allen was as sharp as he's been, and I don't think the defense was as sharp as he's been. But still, their ability to put pressure on you and make big plays is just what makes them special. And, you know, that, that's where Green Bay just had no chance in the matchup. I mean, Josh Allen was going to have to throw an interception every other series for them to stay in this game because yeah. of the same issues we've talked with Green Bay and just how easily – Buffalo can march down the field when it wants to. I mean, it really, they're, they're at that point where it's kind of like, oh, they need to drive here. Well, they're going to go down and get a field goal at least or do something. Um, and, and that's kind of the way the game felt the whole night. And, you know, they're clearly in another class than the, the Green Bay Packers right now. They've got multiple ways to do it, multiple weapons, maybe an emerging one with James Cook yeah. out of the backfield too. Yeah. Had a couple good runs for him. Um, but, yeah, it's you, you mentioned this during the Chiefs game, too. It's like you got to pick your poison with Josh Allen. Under pressure, so they tried to put some pressure on him, maybe right. with some blitzes, maybe just got some uh, Yeah, it looked like some, some front four front pressure, pressure, too. Yeah, right. Uh, he was under pressure, 12 passes, completed six of them, so right. that's good if you're the you're the Packers. You're like, all right, 50% yeah, completion right. percentage. But for those. 166 yards and two touchdowns. That's where he just kills you. He does. And he just pressure doesn't really affect him. You know, you hope the pressure can affect him like we saw in the Kansas City and Miami game to where you trick him a little bit and then he doesn't know where to go and he's got to throw the ball away or he tries to make something happen and make some difficult play happen. But, you know, as far as pressure in the pocket, he doesn't care. He's such a big human being and he has so such a great ability to throw the football. Like you and I were like, I think it was you and I at one point, the out and up he throws to Diggs. He's got a guy in his face. He can't really step into the ball, but he just like, literally like goes okay i'm gonna like throw my t-rex arms out here and just throw the ball like this i mean i wish i could you know people just listening barely extends his arm out in front of him and you're like oh all right i'm the money 35 yard out and up no problem (laughs) and that's where he really is special a guy bearing down on him and he throws it sidearm underneath his armpit and you're like whoa how did he do that uh so that's where he is really special and that's where you know again Ahmed, you know you know me i get into this and it's the the explosive plays the ability to flip the field position in such a hurry strip sacks tip balls interceptions they make plays in buffalo throughout you know there was only one thing that bothered me about their game last night other than taking the foot off the gas pedal and it being a little uninspiring at the end of the game was just that you know i thought that they yeah, their run defense, I think, is better than what it showed last night. And I think they overplayed the RPO, let's stop the short pass. There was too many plays where I went, wait, the safety's coming down in this gap for a late rotation, but he's really coming down to the gap, and he's worried about the slot receiver getting a bubble screen or something like that. And then they would run the ball right at that gap. Mm. And I, there was just a few moments of that where I go, just let him throw the three-yard pass. You guys are rallying tackle. Let's Let's not get gashed for 10 yards up the middle all the time. But, you know, again, I think that's part of the bye week, too. You lose your little mojo and your toughness and some of the details when you, when you come off a of bye week at times. Connor Rutledge said turnovers for the Buffalo Bills stood out to him. Yeah. They had a sloppy second half win yes, last night against the Packers and against another team they could have easily lost. And I think that's, as we flip it over to the Packers here, that's the problem with the Packers now. It's like, man, 
Bills fans are saying if we would have played an actual good team, we would have been in trouble. Seriously, in this one. man, right? how how far the mighty have fallen. Right. Three and five now. And Von Miller had an interesting quote mm-hmm. after the game. I don't know if you've heard this. No. Um, about the uh, the running game, you mentioned it. It was successful for the Packers. Right. Uh, but here was what Von Miller had to say about that after the game. You know, I was I was shocked that they ran the ball so much. You know, they had uh, Aaron Rodgers, and you know, I was just. You know, by, by previous bouts, you know, I was just expecting him to, you know, have a little bit more control. So I, I was kind of anticipating him, you know, passing the ball a little bit more, and they just kept running and running and running. And I think, you know, for me personally, it just, it just caught me on guard, and I had, like, some lanes open where they could run the ball and stuff because, you know, I was just playing the, the pass. I'm looking at the scoreboard, and I'm, I'm seeing that we're up by 17 points, and, you know, it's two minutes left in the third quarter, and I'm, you know, thinking that, you know, they got to start passing the ball soon, but nope. They just kept running, and, and they ran the ball well. They did run the ball well. They did. Aaron Jones that had 143. Point, yeah. But yeah. what you yeah, what'd you make of him saying that? Well, I think that's a little bit of what I was just saying to you a little. I think they were over. They were thinking, wait, this is a big game. They're going to put it in Rodgers' hands. It's a big game. We haven't. Nobody's really run on us this much this year anyways. They're going to find all these cheap ways to throw the ball out here and do what they've been doing. And I think they were... You know, throughout the game, even the, probably in the first and second quarter, going, okay, well, we're winning now. Like he said, we're, they're going to start throwing the ball. And Green Bay, just they're, they're just they're stubborn as hell. He should have called you up. You'd be like, no, Vaughn. No, <laughs> Vaughn, you don't understand. Watching them. They don't want to do it. And but the he, here's the thing I'm going to say at the end of the day. First off, Green Bay has to change. I don't care what anybody says. The stats on this game are so misleading. And even, even hearing some of the post-game press conference to the Green Bay coaches, like the, they're posing questions to them. It's like the game was close and that you guys did good things. And look at the stats. I'm going to go, these are, this is just bullshit stats. Other than the rushing stats, everything is kind of bullshit in the stat sheet for the, the Green Bay Packers. Oh, wait, they got 398 yards of total offense. They outgained Buffalo by, by, 20, by 20 yards. Not really, though. I don't look at, see, those, this is to me where context matters. And we're going to look back at the end of the year and go, well, they had a pretty good day against Buffalo. And you're going to go, no, they didn't. They had 76 yards when they were down 27 to 10 passing the football. That's not it's just it's not acceptable. You're not going to get it done. And to that point, Ahmed, think about the end of the game. Oh, oh, all right. Now we got to press the issue. Oh, it's one on one with Dobbs. Let me just throw it up on a corner route. He catches it. Oh, we call a shot where I roll out and we max protect, and the guy's supposed to run back across the other side of the field. Oh, but the guy does a pretty good job covering. He adjusts. I throw a laser on the field. Look how easy that was. You know, not everything has to always be this like, you know, again, like, oh, this is exactly the surgical right play Mm -hmm. for this defense and it's the exact right answer. Sometimes you just got to attack and play football. And that's where I just feel like Green Bay tries to be too perfect and manage everything. And that does not, that's why they lose big games. That's to me is why they lose big games because they can't just let it go and go, we're going to play and we're going to attack and we're going to have fun. And so what if I do an incompletion? We're going to come back and we're going to fire again the next play. That's Buffalo's mentality. That's Kansas City. That's Joe Burrow. That's what they do. And right now they're more like, <gasps> I mean, everybody's body language goes uh, like in a weird spot in Green Bay. Like, it's second and ten. Oh my gosh! And he walks around and shakes his head, and it's just like, what the fuck? It's second and ten. You're Aaron Rodgers. Throw a laser in the next play. So they bother me from that as- aspect, and um, 
Yeah, it was a, a, a kind of a boring game as the game went yeah. on, but Buffalo's in another class. Yeah, they beat them in uh, time of possession. Packers won that. Oh, yeah, and they, they won they all the more, stats. Yeah, that's what I mean. And, and as far as running for over 200 yards, yeah. this is interesting. That because is. this year we've had a lot of teams do that and lose this year, more than in the past. So I think we have a graphic on this. we got Kristen back there and Gabby uh, and Morgan here on the floor. So this is teams that have run for 200 yards in a game. You see this year eight times a team has lost. When rushing for over 200 yards, the winning percentage is 692. So they still win more than they lose. But you look back just four years ago, 34-2 and two when a team runs for over 200 yards. What do you think is happening here? And those eight losses, by the way, are seven different teams. So it's not just like the same team doing it over and over again. The Bears the only team to lose twice when rushing for 200 right, yards. Right, the Bears did it yesterday again, right? Yeah. I think they did it maybe against the Giants maybe, or maybe I'm wrong. But I, I, I got to think about this one and why it's happening. One... I do think it's a little bit like what we're seeing. We're seeing some teams that are just not good, so they go, we're going to just run the ball every which way, and we're going to play that. And the team that's better is going, we're going to protect the big play and not let you just go down and score real quick or get some lucky bullshit play. We'll let you run it down, and then we don't think you can score a touchdown once you get down there, right? I think there's a little bit of an aspect of that. I do. You know, um, but 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 it's it is I gotta like deep dive into that a little bit because it is so rare. We grew up in an era of yeah, when you did that, you won and you usually dominated. And again, I think that's where I get into the league is set up for the throwing right now and not the running. And again, a lot of these running teams, I think too, they're doing it because there is a lack of a pass game or a flaw within their offense. And then they get down there and, and like we see with Green Bay or Chicago, they don't always score points. They have to kick field goals. So that's like, oh, great. We ran for 75 yards on that drive. And, you know, we kept the ball for six minutes, but we got three points. And, oh, wait, Dak Prescott just threw the ball four times and they scored. It's like, oh, they got down here in two minutes. Oh, we get the ball again and we get to go run down the field again. And I think sometimes it becomes empty yards and empty points too right now. But I got to deep dive a little more into this and see if I can connect some more dots because it is very interesting. I even brought it up to my dad this weekend. I was like, weird. it's weird. But I think in the past, right, like teams that could really run the ball were like the better team. It was like in yeah. 2019, it was the 49ers, and they were like, here, and we're fucking awesome, and we're running touchdown. We're running it in from the 30-yard line. It's a touchdown, right? Like where I, I feel like right now it seems like the lesser teams are going, well, if we want to hang in the game, we got to bring out all the quarterback design runs yeah. and the reverses and, and all that. And that's the other thing, too. It's not all traditional run anymore. You know, we got quarterbacks where, okay, it's third and 27, and they run and scramble for 24 yards. And it looks good on the stat sheet, but you go, well, it didn't do anything really, right? You got some of that. And then you got the reverses and speed sweeps where you go, whoa, that guy just ripped off a 30-yard gain. All right, and then they don't run the ball a little bit for a little while, whatever. Right. So I know there's a lot of things that go into play. I think play you're there. right. I think a little bit of it is maybe an inability to pass for yeah. some of these teams. Some of these teams, right. right. The best thing they do is run the ball with right. a mobile quarterback maybe. I'm thinking of the Chicago Bears too. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Packers' offense, not as dynamic as we have seen in the past. However, the San Francisco 49ers' offense, mm-hmm. man, oh, man. Man, oh, man. One, two, maybe three steps forward. Giant leaps forward here. Since uh, Christian McCaffrey has been fully assimilated into the team, he threw for a touchdown, he ran for a touchdown, he caught a touchdown. He did everything out there. Maybe he'll play quarterback. Maybe he'll replace Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know. Uh, They beat the Rams pretty easily in this one. It was kind of close late, but then uh, the 49ers outscored the Rams 21 to nothing in the second half. I almost feel like this game, you look at this when Cooper Cup got hurt, uh, hopefully not too serious. Right. But, man, it's like these Uh teams might not be close again the rest of this year 
It seems like the 49ers have taken a step forward, and the Rams, I don't know. I don't know that we're going to see that team from last All year. All right, good. I'm glad to hear what you, you say that. Well, no, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that, too. I, you I, didn't want to be the one to say it. Well, no, it's not that, but I just, you know, again, sometimes I don't want to always be the one throwing out thoughts. Here, you're watching football. You tell me what you think, right? too. That's I mean, what I think. And then you go, but I disagree. <laughs> but that's kind of stupid, I mean, No, <laughs> I, 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 I have the same thoughts. I look at the Rams right now and go... I, like maybe you heard me say two weeks ago, maybe they get in the playoffs and then they're a pain in the butt a little bit. I don't see anything that shows me, oh, they could turn this around and be a Super Bowl real contender like last year, right? I don't see that. You and I, I I'm guessing what you're saying, the 49ers, you see some of that potential there, right? We see moments of the 49ers where you go, that's dominant. That's a team on their good day can upset the Eagles that's or upset right. the Bills or I, upset where, the Chiefs. That's what right? I think so, too. That's where I think. Still got and some again, flaws, maybe, but on right. their best day, they, their you best see day, them winning those games. Exactly right. They got enough people up front that neither one of those teams that you just mentioned are going to overwhelm them or overpower them. And now health is a part of this. But I think what we saw again yesterday, and I don't think we saw the full unveiling because there was no Debo Samuel, mm. but just look how creative Shanahan is. Look, I mean, Shanahan's amazing that way. And to me, this is like, it's under the radar one of the better moves he's ever made here because it's, it's, it's not about the quarterback. And that's, I think it, it's, like, it's different than like, hey, we want to go out and get one more receiver and weapon. And now it's like, okay, well, the quarterback's going to have to make more big plays and now we're going to put him under the microscope and oh, Jimmy G missed another throw and all that. Like with this here, it's like it makes life easier on Jimmy G. You know, of course, the run game and all the tricker, trickery that Shanahan can do and, you know, getting you go, whoa, it's this guy going that way and this guy going this way. And then he throws a screen over here. Just what we talked about last week when I had fun. I mean, I think you laughed a little yesterday because you saw what I was talking about. Yeah. It's 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 what he's going to do. He's going to use him as a decoy or he's going to use him as the, the main coy. And he's going to come out of the backfield and catch the ball and be like, fine, you want to stop the deep pass? Yeah. The main coy. That's yeah. a new word. Yeah, it's the main coy. That's new. Add it to the Halloween costume. Add it to it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. The main coy. The main coy. I think you got to use that you gotta one. You got to use again. that, that one. That like a good that? one. That yeah. totally just that came gonna, out of me out of nowhere right there. That one's going to stick. <laughs> I, I mean, because they did it all with them. And yes. You're right. With Debo, it's just like, man, oh, man. When they're going, you might not know, have any idea. So you, how do you play that? Are you sound or do you have to take chances? I, that, that's other? where you're, that's where, you know, they're going to, it's going to be that one team that's going to finally have a game plan that they go, okay, oh, and then the next team's going to go, oh, so that, that makes, okay, so we'll try doing some of that and maybe add our own little wrinkles. But right now, I don't know. Yeah. And I think that's where it's going to be fun. Shanahan's a master at playing the guy that's in an issue, especially off the run, right? We know the play action pass, his ability to run, the, the little other tr- tricks he has off the run play. But like, just say if he's going to run to the right with McCaffrey and, oh, man, they're gashing us and they're running well. And then he puts you in a bind where the will linebacker, you know, the weak side linebacker, okay, they're running away from me, but I got to start getting over there and helping out and helping out and helping out. And then as soon as he starts helping out a little too much and gets in there too much, Shanahan has a, oh, wait, I got to play where we're going to fake that run and throw, I'm going to put Debo right behind that guy who's being aggressive and he's going to catch it on the run and nobody's going to be there. And that's just, you know, again, I think you got what I'm saying there. Um, but the, 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 the 49ers, yeah, I, I do. I think the 49ers are one of the best teams in the NFC. I know it's 4-4 four and four and we're a long way out, but I just see the talent, the physicality, and I know the creativity. And I think this move takes pressure off Jimmy Garoppolo because I just think it's going to be less on him. It's going to be, oh, hey, I can throw another screen to another freaky guy mm-hmm. and you know another over-the-middle play after I faked it to Debo on the reverse. Well, or it's playing to his strengths. You exactly. Know? And I think that's smart. He's, that's he, smart. It, he's, it's he's, a little bit. It's, he's it's, good at some of that stuff. It's yeah. very 
you know, when you sit here and you think about it, I mean, it's, of course it is. It's it's very Tua and Dolphins ish. It's it's the same type of thing. It's wheeling and dealing and a lot of moving parts and let me get it out and get it on the run and boom and get going. Um, so you know that's where it's really cool. And and like you said too, like the Rams, they came out and had two gutsy drives for a touchdown. Like where I mean, the first one it was just. Matt Stafford hanging tough, short completions, seventeen plays. I it was it was it was all it was. I you know as I wrote in my notes, I just wrote unreal tough long drive. Stafford just hanging in there and threading the needle with a bunch of throws. Then came back the the halfback pass from McCaffrey, and then the same next drive to for the it wasn't the next drive, but then the next touchdown drive. Yeah, it was the next. drive. It was the next drive, right? Yeah. Okay, so then the next drive again, it was the same thing. Stafford, you know. Short pass, short pass. We can't run, and then a tactical shot down the field for a touchdown, and and that's all. And then after that, it was like the Forty ers were like, "Okay, wait, this is what they're trying to do to us today, guys. See you later." Yeah, so it fell apart a little bit for Matthew Stafford. Second half, he was just five of twelve for thirty-seven yards. Derek Weatherford asks you, or just says a statement. D'Amico Ryan's made halftime adjustments. The Forty ers defense played great yeah. in the second half. Love the show, fellas. Thanks. Thank man. you, Derek. Thank you, Derek. Uh, yeah. Do you think it was some adjustments that were made by D'Amico Ryan's and the Forty ers staff? I would think so. I, I gotta, you know, that's the one where I definitely gotta watch the film a little bit. It's yeah. hard for me to say it on a Monday. Or um, was it just so difficult and hard? I mean, like the Rams, everything went right on those drives, and you can see it. Kind then, of, then right, everything able to do that all game. Right, exactly. That's that's what we're mean. That's what we're talking about, like with Green Bay, right? You can't just think you're gonna go seventeen plays and gut it out against the best defenses in football and come out on top and I would what I would imagine happen you know and it would have looked like to me is you know McVeigh had a few cute ways to you know stress out their zone coverage a little bit like hey it's it's three on two the 49ers got three guys playing two receivers in a zone and he had some ways to kind of spread them out and then get a guy sit down right six yards and they close on him and tackle him right there and I, I would imagine there were some adjustments made in that that standpoint let alone I mean just when you watch both teams come off the line of scrimmage on either side of the ball, to me that was like that was the glaring thing. One team looked like they had a bunch of grown men, and another team looked like you were like, "Wait, do they got some high schoolers in there with them too?" Is that that's not they're not getting pushed like that. It's not they're yeah. that much bigger and stronger. Um, yeah, we'll see. The Rams I know are tough and will hang in there, but. I don't see much big-time potential for them this year. They're 3-4 and four right now. And by the way, that touchdown pass by Christian McCaffrey yeah. went over 30 yards in the air. Yeah. 30-plus air yards. Right. Uh, third 49ers touchdown of that distance over the last three seasons. Trey Lance has one. C.J. Beathard has one. That's hilarious. And now Christian McCaffrey That's has one. Well, it came back to shitting on Garoppolo anyways. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't mean to. It's always complimenting <laughs> Christian McCaffrey and his strong arm. Well, but McCaffrey, just the runs, even the touchdown pass he caught down the sideline, right? He was just supposed to run a swing pass. And then he was kind of sitting there, and Garoppolo had nobody open. And he was like, you know what? I'll just keep continuing down the sideline. And that was a great play by Garoppolo, kind of just natural backyard play. And, you know, McCaffrey's got great feel. Yeah. And uh, it's it's going to be fun to watch them. Well, it's the value of a game breaker. And I mean, it, it people is. hear that like, well, yeah, duh, of course. But it's like you mentioned, you know, you're not going to go 17 plays or 10 plays. You can't think you, you're going to you, do that. You need the guy that makes it, you know. Rips off a 20 or 30-yard play every Exactly. Now and then. It's going to yeah. be first and 10 from the 30. Oh, no, he scored. So yeah. we're done. We exactly. don't have to do any more work. Exactly. Christian McCaffrey is one of those guys. And you know who else is one of those guys? Who else? Geno Smith. Booyah. It. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. <laughs> no, but if you listen to this podcast in the offseason, 
We'll uh, give ourselves some pub. Yeah, we should. Honk our own horn. Is yeah. that what it is? Right? Honk, honk. Yeah, honk I think your so. horn. Honk your horn. Uh, you said toot your horn. Toot yeah. your horn. Yeah, but we'll honk it. We're we'll gonna go it. loud. We want right. it louder than main that. Main koi, honk your horn. Yeah, we're gonna main koi that horn. <laughs> uh, you said Geno Smith. You said the Seahawks aren't gonna be that good this year, <laughs> but Geno Smith is not gonna be the reason why. Right. Well, we may have been a little bit wrong. Yeah. Because maybe the Seahawks are actually pretty good. They yeah. beat the Giants. Oh no! Twenty-seven, thirteen. All right, I quit. See you guys tomorrow. Did I t- did I talk you into picking the Giants finally? <laughs> well, because I you like hadn't all the whole one year. time. The whole year you hadn't at all. And I picked the Seahawks when I originally wrote the score down, and I was like, oh, oh no! All right, I'm sick of doing this, and I I, I don't know. And you know what? What? what in, all, in full transparency, I mean, the number one thing that bothers me about Seattle and why I didn't pick them in the game was just their defense. I just yeah. worried about that, and I thought, ooh. Day ball, the way the Giants run the ball, that might give them some issues. And once Sa- Day- Saquon and Daniel Danny Dimes start running the ball, it opens up everything. Mm. But the, the thing I think I think we see Seattle this year, there's you know they have some playmakers on that side of the ball. And as compared to years past, even though the defense is not as good, you know as we saw back in the day, the, the even the, and even though the defense is nothing special this year, there's. Uh, I don't even. They just don't do as much dumb shit as I saw the last few years. If mm. I could just put it in a, a tie it in a little bow right there. Last year, the last few years, there was just they blew the coverage or wait, they, there's not somebody for this gap or like what are they doing this year? I don't see that happening. I see sometimes where I go, oh, I mean that's just too aggressive and they got beat or you know, whoa, that guy's not that good at D tackle and he got moved around and they got run on. But I don't see like missed assignments or going, wait, that's not sound. So their defense at least gives them a chance that way. Mm-hmm. And then you know they're they're creating some turnovers as we know. Um, and then the offenses again, another one that we're talking about here. That can rip off big plays in a hurry when it needs to. Big play offense. Yeah, they really are. So uh, defense, you just mentioned them. Yeah. We want to give a shout-out. Actually, Frank Knowles tweeted us, wants to give a shout-out to Echenna Nuoso. Yeah. The uh, former second-round pick yeah. by the Chargers. Out of USC, right. His first year here in Seattle. Yep. He had two sacks. He had a forced fumble. Frank Knowles said, Nuoso deserves a damn okay nomination, the big butt of the week award as well. We might give it all to him. Might give it all. He goes, he's the Hawks' best defensive player and was instrumental against the G-Men. Sims needs to stop picking against the Hawks. <laughs> Florio has been right three weeks in a row. <laughs> See, I'm getting it from everybody. Everyone. You don't pick the Giants, you're an asshole. You don't pick the Seahawks, you're an asshole. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I think I'd probably agree with that comment. Nuosu's a guy when you watch him on film every week. It's it's he's around Justin Herbert the week before. He's he's very good against the run and the pass. He was one of those guys that was kind of like a hybrid. Like, should he be an outside linebacker or should he be a defensive end? And you know, he's he's a real he's kind of kind of do both, but he can play defensive end at a high level. Mm. Yeah. So I mean, he's he's a good player. They got some guys on their D that are fun to watch. And that's, I think, the thing that jumps out to me. And I'm sitting here and I'm going, you know, I feel like they turned the ball over. Let me just check their stats to make sure they actually do turn the ball over. They've forced 11 forced fumbles this year, most in football. Okay. They've got seven fumble recoveries. I'm real quickly here, but it's most in football, right? So, and then they have five interceptions, which is like in the middle of the pack. But that's pretty damn good. It just kind of tells you, you add that with a team that's taking care of the ball and making plays. That's how you end up five and three. I'm, I'm, yeah. I never saw five and three coming, but I think it's to me, it's maybe the best story in the NFL right now. It really is. The team, Russell Wilson didn't want to stay there. Yeah, we all thought it was going to be bad. I was sitting there going, trade Metcalf and just blow it up. 
Like, totally. It seemed right? like it seemed like they're wasting that talent. Everything yeah, I heard he was, was Pete was like that was the one guy I didn't want to trade. He didn't want to blow up. That's why he's Pete Carroll making you know millions a year. Well, Pete Carroll too. I mean, this is a good year for Pete Carroll. It's a great year, right? Because it was like, all right, was it? I, I think I heard someone saying that. I don't know if Mike said this on our show. It's like, oh, was it the Legion of Boom? That's that, that that was more responsible for their success than than Pete Carroll, and then Russell Wilson was more responsible for the success. I mean. You, you can't deny the results. I know, what is up with that in our society right now? The guy who put all that together, though, he's not going to be the person that gets the credit. We're going to give it to the guy that got hired by that guy, and then he told them to run that defense, and we're going to go, nah, we don't want to give you the credit, head coach, who made all the decisions to make this happen. Yeah. What is up with that? I think like, the last five years, there's almost been an idea that he's been holding them back, or the offense has yeah. been holding them back. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. And as I said on the Wednesday podcast, it's yeah. hard not to watch them right now and go, as I wrote in my last line of the notes, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was Russell Wilson holding them back. Yeah, because the offense looks different. It's more creative than I've ever seen it. And um, yeah, this is they're they're fun to watch. And I think it's even cool their stories, like with, with some of the things that happened yesterday with Lockett fumbling, Lockett dropping the touchdown pass. Yep. Doesn't matter. He's open. We're going to throw it to him again. Touchdown. Win the game for us. That was, that's cool. Yeah. That's the way Seattle is. If Tyler Lockett was playing for the Patriots, he would not be playing until week 12. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Been I mean, out. there might no. be actually something like that. No, no. Right? You're right. It'd have been a, a he'd have been philosophy. out of the game or there'd been an issue. There's no doubt. I don't, think, I don't think you're crazy to say that. Geno Smith, of course, history with the Giants. Uh, he was he started a game. Yeah, for Eli Manning yeah. one time made made some headlines around the NFL. Yeah, and did the streak. The worst for thing Eli. he ever did. I mean, it really is. Um, there was a question asked to Gino about this game. You know, it was personal for yeah. him, and he, here was his answer after the game. I'm happy to be here in Seattle. Uh, I spent one year with the Giants, and so uh, that year to me was like a blur. And, uh, you know, my life has moved on from then. Uh, I don't have any remorse towards anyone there. Uh, in fact, you know, this to me, this game was for Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese. They believed in me. And so as far as, you know, any other thing, I don't really care for it. Ooh, Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese. So yeah. Ben McAdoo was the at that time offensive coordinator, or was he quarterbacks uh, coach? Maybe. Uh, or? Let's see. Wait, he might have been the head. Was he, might have head coach? Oh, he was the head it coach was. at the it time. Was, it was yeah. Okay. It was he went offensive. Yeah, I think it was the year he was the head coach. Oh, right. He was the head right. coach, right. and Jerry Reese was the GM. Yep. Right. Yeah. I wanted to give uh, a shout out to them. Well, it's good. I mean, you know, that was a weird thing, and, and you know, you've heard me talk about this a little bit over the last week, but that was one of the reasons people look down on Gino and especially here in the New York area. And it was because like, Oh, you know, how dare he outperform Eli in practice and better in training camp all year. And Eli's not doing good. And how dare they think about putting him in the game. And that's really what it was. I mean, that's really what it was. It was just the giant fan base mad that a guy like Gino Smith ended Eli Manning's reign and career starts and all that. And, you know, there was a lot of people in that organization at the time that clearly thought Eli was not playing that good and Gino should be playing. But the politics of the situation kept stopping that from happening. And I think that's why he finally started is where Ben McAdoo and, and um, Jerry Reese were like, wait, wait, we'd like to win some games here and we'd like the quarterback to play good. So can we play one that can maybe do that? And Gino played good in that Raiders game that he played that one year. He got strip sack fumbled, and everybody went, oh, it's fucking Gino Smith. And the whole fan base went up crazy, and they put Eli back in. But I think that's part of the perception of between Gino, you know, going up and asking a guy to pay him back money that he owed him, and then he got punched in the face, which, okay, maybe he could be a little more tactical about who you do that to or who you show up. 
But that and that, what happened with the Giants, are the two things that led to before the season. Fucking Geno Smith sucks. Yeah. Well, they're gonna they're gonna start Geno Smith. And it's just not right. And former, uh, it's good that he's getting the last pick. laugh. Yeah, right. former right. second-round pick. You said he could have been a first-round pick. Yeah, he, I was so. working in New England. I really thought he would be a sir. I had to make a lot of his tapes when I was in New England. And he came right out, played for the Jets, a very uh, mediocre Jets team. Right. Started right away. Right. Won eight games his first year. I'm Won eight games his first year. And the next year he's going to be the starter. They made some adjustments to their team. They're going to be better. You know, he gets punched in the jaw. And Ryan Fitzpatrick. Gets to go be the quarterback, and they go ten and six, and just miss the playoffs. And now look, Fitz is on Thursday Night Football, and Geno's crushing Gino's it in the NFL. It up. Good for Gino. Who knew? Who knew at the time? Congratulations to the Seahawks here. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos, no matter the battlefield. Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Now time for Damn Okay. Damn. I'm okay. Damn. I'm okay. Yeah, no, I mean, yes. I'm okay. The legal gambling. Oh, baby. Oh, I am baby. Chris Sims. I'm okay. Damn. Okay. What if we do that when you get introduced on Football Night in America? It's just like, I am Chris Sims. Oh, like, I, I don't even have to say your name. Yeah. You know, and Maria's just like, we go over to the desk now, and you go, I am Chris Sims. Well, I don't know. Last night, you said the set was crazy and all Halloween scary, and look who was here, Chris Sims. I mean, you made fun of me like I was I part of the Halloween decorations. I feel like that would make you feel included. And in yeah, it was, uh, Well, someone on the floor was like, hey, I like your mask. Super scary. <laughs> It was just like you were getting crushed by you know, uh, camera guys, me. It's know. just like I played in the NFL, guys. And <laughs> have some respect. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> have some respect. Uh, we got some respect for the Philadelphia Eagles, still the only undefeated team in the NFL. They won again. They crushed the Steelers, who have given some teams some hard time. Yeah, that's right. And that secondary, healthy or not, has made it hard for some teams to pass. Did not make it hard for A.J. Brown to give the damn okay to him. First Eagle with three or more touchdown receptions in a single game since Riley Cooper did it in 2013. Wow, blast from the past right yeah, there. Yeah, seriously. Um, so A.J. Brown, yeah, did it all in the first half. A couple of those passes, perfect throws by Jalen Hurts. It was like almost an instant replay when they were. The only bad me- one was the first one where you just went, it's like yes. he's kind of double covered, but you're like, okay, so what? You give a shot to like one of the freakiest guys in football. They have not trailed in the second half this season so far. So, I mean, these games, they're, they're winning these games fairly handily. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the Bills being a complete team. It's yeah. like they're a step above. I feel like we have two teams in the NFL, and maybe we're just not thinking about the Chiefs right now because yeah. they had a bye. I think the Chiefs are but, in this conversation. But man, oh man, when you talk about the NFC for yeah, sure, right. it's like there is no one close to the Eagles right now. Would I don't you agree know. with that? I do. I, do. I, don't, I don't think Dallas is far off. Okay. All right, and I know we're going to talk about them here in a minute. And, you know, we've hit the 49ers and their potential there. Yeah, after that, though, I don't know if I really look at it. I understand the Giants can be a pain in the butt, the Vikings. Yeah. I'm not sold in them and being a dominant football team yet or any in that, sure. in that way, which the Eagles are. They're dominant. You know, it's, it's just, again, what you saw yesterday is like what we talked about a little. You know, they're another team like Buffalo a little bit where they just like kind of dominate the game. And then the third quarter, you're like, it doesn't even look like they're really trying that hard anymore. Yeah. They kind of realize they got the game in control, right? We've seen it a few times this year. 
We saw it in the Minnesota game and the Arizona game, too. Two other games where they kind of controlled the game. The teams came back, and they were like, all right, guys, it's getting a little close. Let's go down and put them away. And then they go, and they just run you over, and they do it. They didn't have to do that yesterday because their defense uh, dominated you know, the, the Steelers, and right. nothing was easy for Kenny Pickett and company, and they, they had to relegate themselves to short passing game. Let me but, ask you this, though. Yeah, go quick. ahead. Go ahead. Because we gave the damn okay to A.J. Brown. Yeah, I want right. to pump him up a yeah, little bit we more. Were. I mean, did you think that the passing game would be this good? No, probably not. I don't think I did. I thought it would be effective. I didn't know. I don't think I thought it would put up these type of numbers. Right. I, I think that's the thing. We're, and and we're, what we're seeing here, you know, is like early on in the game, the Steelers were like, well, we're, we're going to put people by their line of scrimmage. We're not going to let you run the ball and do some of the RPO stuff. And then this is – where you know you've heard me talk about Hertz's ability to throw the deep ball is definitely his best thing he brings to the table. He does a great job of putting it out there and letting the guys go run underneath it. He throws the ball high in the air, and you know that's um, so. Then yeah, you worry about all that, and it leads to oh wait, it's press man-to-man coverage because we were worried about the runs and the RPOs, and wait, he might keep it off the read option and then run out to the right, and as we're going to tackle him, he'll throw to the receiver as we're going to tackle him, who's just standing there in the flat. So you got to play bump man-to-man because you want to take away some of that stuff, and it's just it's too much to do against this crew right there. And A.J. Brown is just absolutely phenomenal. He really is. He's such a specimen, and not only just the ability to run by you and catch those deep balls, but you know, like we saw, what was it, the – uh, not not the last touchdown, but the last big catch. He caught like an in cut. He broke a tackle. He got him down to like the three or four yard line, I believe. You know, he just he's phenomenal after the catch as well. Miles Sanders had a touchdown, seventy eight yards on just nine, nine carries. carries. I mean, that's 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 where see that's where explosive. teams are scared, right? Yeah. They're going holy. They if we don't get an extra guy in the box or do something to stop the run, some of these holes they can open up or like Ahmed Farid can run for six yards in them. So yeah, uh, they're, at least they're, three. Yeah, at least three. But yeah, my, Ahmed, I think you said it right. I think and I think you need to put the Chiefs in that conversation. The Chiefs are in that conversation yeah. with these three teams for sure. Jalen Hurts, the first quarterback in Eagles history with ten straight regular season wins. Uh, the story is completely different for the Steelers. Two and six now for Mike Tomlin. He's never had a losing season. Yeah, it's going to happen this I think year. This is going to happen this year. Yeah. Seven straight games for the Steelers now with twenty points or fewer uh, for the first time since ninety seven ninety eight. Is that correct here? So yeah, we haven't seen the Steelers' offense, which hasn't been great. No. over the past few years right. at the end of Ben's career, but Kenny Pickett so far. Yeah has not seemed like an instant fix to this offense. No, he's not. There's more issues than the quarterback thing. That's why I think we were all sitting here going, it's not Trubisky's fault. Like, right. yeah, it's not perfect, but you know, we, I didn't come away watching Steelers game and go, man, if they put Pickett in, they're going to win all these games and everything's going to be fixed. At no point did I – don't, I don't think anybody with any football intelligence really thought that. It's the right thing to do, play them, get the experience, do all that. You know, he's a good little athlete. Man, he's taken some hits. It looked like to me yesterday he took some big hits. You know, he's got to protect himself there a little bit. Um, he is smart. You know, I, I like his ability to read defenses and put the ball in the right place. I still don't come away ever watching it and going, ooh, wow, I love his arm. And I think you see that too. And I think there's a few people that saw that because I've had a few people lately go kind of be like, pick its arm. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, it's not special. Mm-hmm. You know, it's good. 
but it's nothing special. Um, but either way, yeah, the Steelers, this is a rebuild year, and uh, it's get Kenny Pickett better for next year to where hopefully they can rebuild their team and, and, and be a pain in the ass in 2023. One of the teams you just mentioned a little bit ago about they're in that conversation with the Eagles maybe is one yes, of the sir. top teams. The Dallas Cowboys, yeah. who can do it offensively and defensively, are damn okay. J10 Fam says Tony Pollard. He what goes, up, J10 Fam? He goes, he's better than Zeke. Pollard yes. is a baller. You've been saying that for a couple of years. I, uh, yes. I, so I don't know. Every time Zeke misses a game or can't play something, I go, well, I don't understand. What, what are we not looking at? And I, I, don't, I come off sometimes as disrespectful to Zeke when I say that, and I don't want to be. It, it's not Zeke because I was the biggest fan of Zeke early on in his career. I still think he's got great value, but he's not as good as Tony Pollard. You know, again, it's, it goes into our same conversation. Do you want to run for five or do you want to run for 45? I, I don't know. You know, and I think we all want to run for 45. Look at how he can rip off a play, change field position, right? And open up the field. But I think really with Pollard, and I think the big thing to me yesterday, and, and like, don't – the Bears' defense has been a pain in the ass for everybody. That was, like, shocking to see yesterday. I was shocked that they just had their way with Chicago. I think the offensive line for Dallas is starting to, like, really gel together. And you start to go, wow, like they're a little bit there. And then I hope everybody saw that Dak Prescott, what he brings to the table here. He's better than Cooper Rush. I think I hope everybody saw that yesterday. You know, the way he can open up the field. He's a very good, aggressive downfield thrower. And that opens up Tony Pollard in the run game. And they have weapons down the field that when you get them the ball in those situations, they're going to be dangerous. And I think Gallup, I don't even think he's 100% yet. When he gets there, I think you saw yesterday a little bit to me is what I'm saying is the overall potential of the Cowboys to go. They're a team that, yeah, I don't look at them quite as good as the Eagles, but the Eagles have that day where, oh, they had a bad turnover, messed something up. Dallas is the team that can go, well, you messed up. Here we come. Yeah. And I, I think they do have that type of potential. Yeah, yes. I, don't know, I don't know that everyone thought they had 49 points in their bag of tricks. That's what I mean. Right? Me neither. No they way. Got seven from Micah Parsons, which helps. Yes. Right. Uh, One of the weirdest crazy, plays of the day weird, right weird there. Weird play where Justin Fields jumped over him. If you just would have touched him, you would have been down. But That's it crazy. Wouldn't have mattered in the outcome of this one. Uh, you say you like Tony Pollard. You know some guy who really likes Zeke? Jerry Jones, the yeah. owner of the team. And he said this after the game about, will he come back and play once healthy? Go, there's no argument. Zeke's ability to punish, Zeke's ability to deliver, his ability, what he does for us in pass protection. And frankly, Zeke's ability to make big plays are there. We're going where Zeke goes. He's the integral, or he's that integral to our success. Yeah, that, that's just a stubborn billionaire who doesn't want to admit he was wrong to give a guy $15 million a year. I think he's just super loyal. Well, he is, is super which loyal. Which is cool, too. I, like, is, if you're, you're his right, guy, Robin. he's you're his guy. You're his guy. You're right. And he looks at Zeke as goes, this is a cowboy. Yeah. And I drafted him. And he's going to be a cowboy for life. I, you're right about that, too. Good for correcting me there. Yeah. He, but, but I do go, you know, the way he explained there, first off, big playability, I, I don't know about that. Yeah. All right. I mean, we know that. That's the thing I've been critical of the last two years is just that, hey, here's a big run. You got to make one guy miss to get 30 yards. And instead, you got seven. And that's where, you know, that, that's not acceptable anymore. But this punishment aspect and all that that's real you know to me that's where I'd want to get both on the field a little bit but I would want Pollard to be my starter and okay gosh we're worried about Dak and CeeDee Lamb and Dak and Gallup and oh gosh it's a toss sweep to Pollard and oh now it's a screen to Pollard and oh it's a run up the middle to Pollard and then you start to get worn down and they're they're chasing these guys down the field and then it's here comes Zeke up the middle have fun tackling them 
That, to me, is what is going to have success and wear on teams. Not when he comes out to start the game. Yeah. I would want to get Pollard in the rhythm early. Zeke lowering his shoulder, I don't, he doesn't he need to get in a rhythm for that. He can do that no matter what. And to me, I think they're just a more dangerous offense with him uh, at running back. And part of me thinks is that durability concerns with Tony Pollard. Yeah, is maybe, because he's kind of a receiver slash running back. He's six foot. I just looked. He's like over what, 200 is he, 205, yeah, right? 205, yeah, 210. Right. Is that small for a running back? No, it's, it's, it's a little smaller for a running back. It is. It's a little more linear maybe than, than yeah. normal. Um, yeah, 5'8", 225. It's crazy. Like well, it's the Memphis size. guys. These Memphis guys around the NFL, you know, him, Gainwell up in Philadelphia, Antonio Gibson, and it's all these wide receiver running back hybrid types. It's very interesting how they kind of have a niche for that down in Memphis. But, uh, yeah, he's not your typical bell cow. But, you know, would I always fight back and have these conversations with some coach friends in football? Like, what is that bell cow anymore? Who the fuck cares? Mm-hmm. What is, so... But the bell cow can a lot of years, a lot of times, only last for five years. Well, the, exactly. So I was listening to that uh, London game, right. Travis Etienne. Right. That was a big topic of conversation in right. that game. Because like they're how, feeding him. How right? durable will he and be? How durable will he be? Yeah. But then I'm like, well, uh, Jonathan Taylor not playing a ton. Derrick Henry got hurt last year. Delvin Cook has been hurt a lot. Christian McCaffrey has been hurt. Saquon. I mean, that's basically it's just, it's every running back. Right. Yeah. Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, he's yes. hurt right now. I yeah. mean, yeah. I mean, like, there's yes. no one who there's, is 100% durable. There's no one. Exactly right. And, I mean, what we're seeing from Derrick Henry is, like, he's he's special, too. He's bucking the trend. Yeah. The guy that can run the ball that much and be this durable and this good for this long is insanity. But, um, yeah, that that's my thoughts there. And. Yeah, Micah Parsons, Dallas, everything about them. I like Dallas. I like watching Dallas. I like the attitude and physicality they play with. You know, they fly around the field. They are based on team speed, yeah. and they have the right size at the right spots, too. And uh, I think they're a very good football team. You're putting your flag in the ground on the Dallas Cowboys. Last week on this podcast, I put my flag on the ground. Uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders. Wow, wow. I go, hey, look at the numbers. Offensively, I was I'm, like, they're, I, I hear you. They're number two to the Chiefs in a lot of these categories. Uh-huh. It was like points per drive. They were number one, scoring 54% of all drives. I was like, look at this Raiders team. I was like, I think they're a little under the radar and better than we give them credit for. I, listen, I'm in, I'm not, I, was not, I was right there with you. But that was a fucking ass whooping yesterday. <laughs> An what, ass whooping. Damn okay to Elvin Kamara. Three touchdowns. His first touchdowns of the season. Yeah. Came in uh, triplet. This is another team. This is why I'm not giving up on the Saints. I'm not. You know, I think there's a few weeks here we've talked about where I say, I I see glimmers from the Saints where I go, it's like really high-end quality football. Mm -hmm. Where I go, well, the offense, the way they run the ball, and even the receivers are healthy, and Dalton's not bad, and you go, the offensive line's good. You start to go, there's a lot to defend there. It's not easy. And then the defense, you know, I think even back in the Seattle week a few weeks ago where they let up a ton of big plays, and one of my things that was laughable as I was watching it, I was going, it was like Seattle's offense was like minus two yards, minus four yards, minus two yards punt, and then they would get a 70-yard touchdown, and there would be three and out. And you'd go, they're actually smothering them the majority of the game. They just, same with the Cincinnati game. They lost to the Bengals. The Mar- the highlights that everybody watched on that, those were the plays of the day. That was it. They didn't do much else other than that. So they've had moments of where I go, they showed the ability to dominate. And, I mean, the fucking Raiders, I I don't know if I ever saw them pass midfield yesterday. You know, that that's to me what was the shocking thing. They looked like the Saints and Dennis Allen were all over everything McDaniel drew up. They were all over Derek Carr. They were good drive to start the game. The Raiders tried to fake a punt 
and didn't get it. That set up the field goal for the Saints. Mm -hmm. And then I believe the next drive was Derek Carr uh, interception. Uh, and I can't remember who got oh, it. Oh, was Matthew, Tyron Matthew off like a tip pass up in the air. And they scored again and went up 17 nothing. And you were like, damn it, this one might be over. Like, it didn't look like the Raiders were capable. And I, I don't remember ever seeing them threaten ever again after, you know, the rest of the day. Aaron Kreppel said yeah. the lengths the Raiders went to to prove Chris Sims wrong are amazing. <laughs> they did that exactly for both of us. They didn't cross midfield until the two-minute warning in the fourth quarter. Holy shit. That's insane. That's insane. Shut out for the first time since uh, 2014. So that was one. That's one of those in horse racing terms. You go, you just throw that race out. You go, it was I got to watch that happened. one to see what they did. I'm, like, I'm shocked I almost it. feel like that had to be one of those games. But, uh, yeah, Kamara was very good. Sam Bivalent 01 wants to know. Yeah. Alvin Kamara was scary good. How much do you think the aging running backs are worth on the trading block? So the trade deadline tomorrow, Tuesday, 4 p.m. Eastern. Been a lot of rumblings whether Alvin Kamara is going to be traded. At this point, I don't know that you should. I, they You're shouldn't. Three and five. You're in the mix. And what? The Falcons are leading that division at four and four. Right. I don't know. The Saints might be the best team in that well, division. They, they could have beat the Bucks. I mean, they could. They could have. They, I, I think you could look at that game against Tampa Bay early in the year and go, then they outplayed them for a majority of the game. So. Oh. What do you think? Uh, where are we with running backs? Because we just saw Christian McCaffrey get traded for yeah. a lot. Yeah. Not a first-round pick, but yeah. second round, third round, fourth round. That was a lot. It was still a he's lot. He's not going to get that. He's not. Uh, he's a little older, if mm -hmm. I'm not wrong about that. Maybe you could double-check that for me. I want to mm -hmm. say this is, what, year seven or eight for Kamara, where McCaffrey, gosh, maybe it is year seven or eight for McCaffrey, too. So he's 27 in July, Pete's telling me. Mm. I would think you could maybe get six year for him. It is six year mm -hmm. mid round pick. You know, okay, McCaffrey's twenty six. Pete's telling me so he's a year younger. I would think you could get a mid round pick with maybe a mid to late round pick with a guy like Camara. Now there's been a lot of injury the last few year. Yeah, right. And he's one of those guys that starting to creep into the like. We'll see how he feels on Friday category a lot, right? Yeah. I feel like that happens a lot. So that's that's a little bit scary there. But, yeah, but I don't, why would you? Why would you if you're the Saints? I don't know either. Unless they just go, you know what, like, okay, so what if we just get to the playoffs? We're not capable of going past that? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Or sometimes I or think Or they just want to get the value now because they just go, hey, it's this is the time and it's coming to an end here soon and let's try to get something for him. And they're a team that's been up against the cap too, right? They got some older players. So yes. They've had to work some magic. So, I mean, that might Huge. be part of the equation yes, too right. here for right. Camara. But uh, there's a, this is why Sean Payton got out of there. The team was older, yeah. aging. The, the, there's, the team's aging. The salary cap situation is not the greatest. The quarterback situation is unsettled. I think that's why Sean Payton was like, you know what? I'll retire, wink, wink, and yeah. maybe take the Dolphins job. <laughs> if they get back to 500, though, Sean Payton may be like, hey, you need me? You need me to come down to the sideline here? I'm I not can, giving I up on the Saints. Out. The Saints are one of those teams, Ahmed, that you and I talk either. about a lot where we just go, they're, they're, there's no team in football for the most part that's just going to totally outclass them up front. So it's always going to give them an opportunity to win. Uh, they got a tough schedule down the stretch, or a tough schedule coming up here. They got yeah. the Ravens, the Steelers, the Rams, the Niners, and the Bucks. Mm. So they can make something out of this little stretch right here. You know, they can be in the thick of things for sure in the NFC. Don't give up on the Saints. I'm I hope not. you didn't give up on the Tennessee Titans. They were zero and two to start the year. Chris wrote him off. He goes, "I'll kiss Ahmed's feet if they." Uh, I no, did he not. Did. He did not say no. that. Uh, I've been a believer in Tennessee all year. Five wins in a row now. Yeah. 
They run all over the Houston Texans. 17-10 was the final score, low-scoring game, but Derrick Henry went off again. It is now his fourth straight game versus the Texans with 200 or more rushing yards and two or more rushing touchdowns. That is insane. First off... He's done that six times in his career, four times versus the Houston Texans. I I, I don't... Maybe this is just my old school, maybe because I grew up, you know, around the Giants and the Eagles and... You know, the Cowboys and teams that just played like smash mouth football. Yeah, like you're looking at those stats right there if you're watching on the YouTube. The 300 yard game. It's a 300 yard game, right? (laughs) It's 250. It's 212. It's 219. I mean, it's insane. But I really enjoyed watching that game yesterday. I did. There's something about when a team goes, we're not going to throw the ball, we're going to run it. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna run it. We know we're gonna run it. Everybody watching knows we're gonna run it, and you still can't stop it. Malik Willis got the start because Ryan Tannehill was hurt. He threw the ball ten times for ten fifty-five times. yards. Right. There was one point I think I turned to you yesterday as we were getting ready for the show. Right. It was fourth quarter of that game, and yeah. I went, "He's thrown the ball one time in the second half." I think he got a few garbage throws at the end of the game. But I looked at you and I said, he's thrown the ball one time. And they had, you know, it was like seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. I, I, you know, again, I, I just, I love that. I, that's what I love about Tennessee. And they're different than the rest of the AFC, where they're not about the quarterback and, and high flying. They're a little bit more, you know, I guess for a lack of a better way, to almost an NFC type of team. They're more Cowboys, Eagles, 49ers-ish, where they're like, we're just going to run and out-physical you and our defense. Their defense yesterday, the D-line, every time I looked up, was either in the backfield tackling the running back or hitting Davis Mills as he threw the football. And they were dom- they were dominant. So that's one of those. There's another team. They, could, they, could, they're, they're, they scare me because they're just going to continue to get better. And, of course, when Tannehill's healthy, they'll be better. They still need an emergence of a receiver, but they're one of these teams that are scary to me because they could fuck up the playoffs. They could like they're the team that could mess up our Chiefs Bills AFC Championship <laughs> game, yeah. right? Because you just go, oh my gosh, Henry's going to run for two hundred yards in the Chiefs, and Mahomes only got the ball four times this game. You know, I mean, it, literally, and that's what I yeah. worry about. And they have that type of potential, especially with as good as Vrabel is in managing the game. <laughs> Don't screw up the playoffs know, for right? us, Titans. Right. But you're right. I mean, they're very much like the Patriots, right? Which makes sense because Vrabel. Yeah. It's like they win a game. They'll do it ugly. They don't care. They they'll don't just... care. They just do what they have to do that week to win the game. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's I'm excited for the Sunday night game this week. Again, again them versus the Chiefs. It's going to be a good one. They beat them 27-3, I think, Dominated last them last year. year. Domination. I mean, we did a whole thing here on, on the What the Fuck Happened Wednesday to go, like what is going on with Mahomes? Yeah, there's people open everywhere, and he won't stay in the pocket and do any of that. This different animal this year, but I got m- m- mucho respecto for the Tennessee Titans. The Houston Texans one win through seven games for the third straight season. Another yeah. rough go for for Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was another rough go for my Detroit Lions, even though they scored 27 points in the first half. Wow, they were excited in the big, first half. I was like, I was like, they actually might do this. Right when I'm on board with them getting a top draft, they forgot pick there was another half a game. They did forget there was another Damn. half. Damn. Damn. Okay. To Tua Tungavailoa, despite all that we've said on this podcast about him, yeah, Chris voted against this <laughs> vehemently, but Pete and I and Kristen and Morgan and Ever Gabby, we all overruled. Um, so they are five and zero this season now. When Tua starts and finishes a game, and he threw the ball down the field. Let's take a look at the the passing chart here. 
Now, one was kind of like punt-ish to Tyreek Hill in the middle of the field that That's Tyreek right. went up and made a made a catch on, but he was going deep down the left side there, his three touchdown passes. Um, a lot of completions all over the field. Uh, what was the caveat? And it was against the Detroit Lions, who were it's terrible. Right. He made a lot of great throws and great plays. He's a wheeler and dealer, like I said last night on Sunday Night Football in a pregame. He is. You know, he is slick with the football. He's very quick out of fake the run. Oh, this guy's open. Let me get it out in a hurry and put it on the money. I mean, he's really good that way. He is. And, you know, they manufacture, again, some of the big shots down the field. So, yeah, even though that's not his bread and butter, they find ways to go, okay, here, you got to defend the whole field. Even though they don't throw a ton of the balls outside the numbers and all that, you still have to worry about it with some screens and some quick outside passes where you go, we, we can't just leave that area. So, I mean, that was pretty remarkable. It really was. Um, your Lions defense sucks. It's I mean, it's just there's there's like you were watching the game, yeah, in the room, yeah, and you go, there's no one around the receivers, like no one, and that's where it's like, it's it's a double whammy there where there's some things schematically not done right sometimes in Detroit, and then the talent's just not special. Mm. You know, that that's the other thing I come to, I and mean, again, like who. Who were the who were the marquee names that we thought Detroit was going to slow them down with, right? I mean, I know it's a team game and we got but every team you got to have some studs and some players that can make some things happen or hey, it's a third down, we got to play man to man here and like, you know, if Waddle does run the slot fade, he's not seven guy yards by our DB. I mean, right? He threw the one fade to Waddle on a, I think it was a third down, you know, up the left sideline there where you just go I mean, he beat him off the line of scrimmage, and it was like, good night. Like, see you later. He yeah. wasn't even close to him. It was Didn't like two could throw it that far. But it was like yeah. you and me covering the guy. Yes. Um, but they, they got it all going right now. They really do. And they're, they're a nice formula. They're tough to defend. He's playing very good football. He's making plays. And, you know, I think between the run game, the weapons at receiver, Gasicki down the middle, they give you a lot to think about. And, of course, their defense – you know, as we see, can give up big plays, but they can make some plays and, and hunker down when they need to. Tyreek Hill is fourth game with 160 or it's more insane. receiving yards this season. All other NFL wide receivers combined have four such games. So he has done what the rest of the NFL has done so far this year. But I think it's the, that's a perfect illustration, right? He Tyreek Hill is a necessity to unlock this offense for the Miami Dolphins. No and doubt. as we're seeing with right. the Kansas City Chiefs, he was a luxury. Right, right. Right. And I think that's the difference here. They're right. This is a team that needed him to help their scheme and their quarterback. And hey, it was cool in Kansas City, but as you've heard me say a number of times over the last few years, big plays with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback are never going to be a problem. Yeah, I mean, the guy who can throw 70 yards between his legs or from his knee, I mean, it's, he's always looking for the big play. You know? So, yeah, I think this fits how they want to play. He's their Debo Samuel. He's their Debo Samuel, except he's faster, and they have another Debo Samuel you have to worry about in Waddle. So it's, like even like, it's almost like we talk about with McCaffrey and Debo in San Francisco. Yeah. They play these guys off each other. It's going to be the same way, except a little bit more through the run game in San Francisco as compared to maybe the pass game here. Um, but, yeah, that was, uh, that was impressive. It was a day where you went, ooh, man, is, is the defense in Miami going to really be shitty like this all day long? And are, we gonna, are they going to lose a shootout? And I'd like to see their adjustments and kind of what they did in the second half to just slow down the, the Lions as well. Dan Campbell falls to 4-19-1 as the Lions head coach. 
and they're allowing 32 points per game during this five-game losing streak. I don't know. I, I do think he'll last this year, and they'll Brad He's, Holmes will get one more year, I think. And I want him to get their quarterback. and get, They need a quarterback and some defensive players. I know, but that's a lot. I mean, he did some things yesterday. <laughs> well, I, I know. They're not like— Just a whole new defense and a quarterback. Well, it's that's not all. crazy. you got some young Dean Lyman that I think can still are going to get better here. Yeah. We know Aiden's good, you know. Rodriguez looks like he has a chance to be your middle linebacker for a few years. Secondary needs a revamp. Needs some special secondary players, yeah. for sure. That's the issue. And you need another, like, legit guy on the edge opposite of Aiden, yeah. right? I, I'm, I'm not – I don't want them to get rid of Dan Campbell. No. That's for sure. He did some things yesterday, too. The fake punt, right? It's 24-14. I think he starts feeling like, ooh, our def- – he fakes a punt to extend the drive. Gets you three more points, 27-14. You go, man, that was big-time call, a big-time move by them. Yeah. But just, you know, unfortunately, their defense could not, you know, withstand the storm of, of the stuff the Dolphins throw at you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Lions are looking up at the Vikings, who are atop the it's division insane. right now by quite a bit, right? What are, yeah. I mean, what is the lead now? I got, let me look here. Four games. They're four and a half. And one. Wow. Packers second and three and five with the Bears at three and five. And they beat the Packers head to head. crazy. And they beat the Bears head to head. And they beat the Cardinals yesterday. Damn okay goes to Zadarius Smith, who we've given a uh, Big Butt of the Week award Gosh. to Zadarius Smith. I know. I feel like we've talked about Zadarius a lot. I mean, he we he's one of the best signings of the offseason. He he's remade that defense. And uh, here's the question. I mean, they're 5-0 they're and oh this season in one possession games. And so they have played a lot of close games. We mentioned last pod how they won the field position war. Yeah, number one in the NFL in that. Yeah, so they're they're doing the little things right. Yeah, I don't know that they're elite, but in the in the NFL, you don't need to be elite to to win some games if you're going to win the close ones. And no, that's what they've done. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They're like one of those teams that's six and one, and I go, I don't know if they're really. I don't know if I believe they're six and one, but they have some qualities of that. Still, you go, oh yeah, I I understand them leading the NFC North. I mean, you, they can run the football. Yes, and they can make big plays in the pass game. You know, with Jefferson and Thielen. So that's two things they got working on that side of the ball. But are you as worried about them messing up the playoffs as no. you are about the Tennessee Titans? No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I know. I get that feeling, too. I, I don't know. know why. But. I know. Well, I, I, I think, you know, one, we've seen Vrabel and company, no matter what, game plan and do things and go, oh, they beat a team that we didn't think they could beat here today. So they've proven that to us, that they're capable of that. Yeah. Minnesota, I think we want to see a little bit more. Minnesota, I think, you know, has the schedule been favorable and how it's fallen for you guys a little bit? Sure. I mean, the Lions, you had the Saints. I think that was Andy Dalton's first game playing, you know, over in London. You had the Bears game. They're still, they were kind of in their, finding their way there. The Dolphins without Tua, they got to play them, you know, down there without him. That was a big deal. You know, and then yeah, yesterday was a good win. They came out on fire. And then Arizona kind of gained back momentum with the football game. Yeah. And it was really the, the Murray mistakes, the drop punt, that really cost the Cardinals. They kind of hung in there. But I guess what I'm saying, you know, like Minnesota's defense, I guess that's what bothers me, right? And where's Minnesota's defense ranked? They're 27th in football, okay. right? They're, they're one of the worst pass defenses in football. So I guess but the one thing they do is they don't let you score touchdowns. 
So you might move the ball, but you're going down there and kicking field goals. And for the most part, when Cousins and company get down there close, they do score touchdowns. So there's something to be said about that. But, yeah, I guess they're just – there's well, there's a lack of dominant factor, right? I guess that's what we're looking at. For we're 6-1, sure. but I don't know if there's been any game so far where I've gone – even to teams like the Saints, where I said, hey, they're three and five. I've seen like quarters and multiple quarters where I go, that was dominant and ass whooping on both sides of the ball. I feel like I haven't said that a lot about Minnesota. I never say, oh, it's bad or whatever else. Yeah. But I guess I don't look at it and go, oh, it's dominant. Per bet MGM, Minnesota yeah. is minus 1,000 to win the NFC North. That is tied with Buffalo for the best odds in the NFL to win their division. I, I, I understand. Could be a division it. winner hosting a playoff game. It's yeah, loud in there. It does. Minnesota miracle again. You never know. Whatever. I mean, they'll, they'll, Make a run. Well, the way they can run the ball, yeah. you know, there can be one of those teams that's annoying in the playoffs and maybe pull off an upset at home. But can they get the stop? That's the question. They did against the Arizona Cardinals. Picked off they Kyler did. at the end of the game. He was all mad. Um, scariest thing for the Cardinals, because we asked the fan base through your Twitter, yeah. you know, what's the scariest thing about your team? Right. Da, 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 da. What are you worried about? Kyle said, knowing that my team gave Steve Kyle Kine, Shanahan? No, not, uh, not your Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> different Kyle. Although it may be Kyle. Is he a Cardinals fan? You said it so casually. You're like, Kyle, Kyle said, said. yeah. Your friend Kyle. It's just Kyle. At <laughs> Kyle. Uh, knowing that my team, which he's talking about the Cardinals, gave Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury five-year deals this last offseason. So he's worried about that. Yeah, I, I understand. That is, is weird. Here's what I'll throw at you, Kyle. Here's, here's the big thing to me. You don't know what those extensions mean. Right. I mean, Kyler, we know exactly what it means. And he's going to be there for the next three years, for sure. Four years, probably. But Cliff Kingsbury, the extension there, I think a lot of it's tied to Kyler Murray and that marriage anyways. And we never heard money or guaranteed money that was involved in the Cliff Kingsbury thing, which would make me think that it's not anything significant. It was a extension. So we're not talking about, hey, it's the last year of his contract. You know, our quarterback's happy because he loves him and all of that. So I don't think it's going to be an issue if they really have to get out of it. Two things that were positive for me yesterday with them. And, again, this goes into Minnesota's defense a little bit. But yeah. they know how to feed Hopkins. That's for sure. I mean, you know, they make him the first read on just about every pass play they drop back. And he's one of those guys. He's open. Yeah, great. If he's not open, hey, great. We can still throw it to him. It's kind of <laughs> one of those. And then, you know, he opens up the field for a guy like Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore had a few plays yesterday where I went, oh, shit, there's the guy that came out of college that I, we expected to see. I mean, rockets up his ass, especially that last touchdown. Mm -hmm. You know, the 38-yard pass where he kind of broke a tackle and just beat everybody up the middle. Um, so that was positive to see, too, and that's something they need. That's their problem, you know. Like Green Bay, who's, you know, three yards at a time. That's really them, too. They're the, the lowest yards per play in football on the offensive side of the ball. It's crazy. I, yeah, right. And that's probably changed a little here the last week or two. But that's where they were, especially in the passing game. So They run you know, a lot of plays, though. That's, they, that's part of it, too, is they run well, that's a ton what, of they, plays. They can't get big plays, so it's a lot of three-yard pass, four-yard pass, four-yard pass. Read option, I ran for 10. You know, run for four, you know, three-yard pass, four-yard pass. It's a lot of that. And yeah. that, you know, to, to what we've always say, it's just too hard to beat the really good teams that way all the time. Hard to beat the Carolina Panthers without Christian McCaffrey? How is that even possible? Um, well, it did happen in this one, though. It seemed like they were going to win at the late uh, last seconds. This was a crazy game. It was crazy. Uh, our damn okay goes to Devontae Foreman, so we're going to give it to the, the losing player in this one because, yeah. really, the Carolina Panthers should not have lost this game. You know, full credit to the Atlanta Falcons staying in this one. There are a lot of good positive things for them, I'm sure. Uh, but Carolina, I, I, if you're not familiar with how that game ended, it was just insane. A bomb to DJ Moore 
from our our guy. Well, that shouldn't have happened. I, that's Walker, like one of those. Hail like, Mary. Yeah. That why, was a, why? What do you well, mean? Well, it's just in that moment, you just can never let somebody behind you. We're, we're seeing that just – it's amazing how much we're seeing that this year. And of course, we're going to talk about another game where we see it. We'll talk about it again here in a second. So we you have know? the next-gen dots. Right. So, P.J. Walker, this is at the end of the game. It's like uh, Panthers down by six, final seconds, just got to heave it. Oh, my God. D.J. Moore got behind the defense. So the air yards on that one, it traveled 67.6 yards, the longest completion by air distance in the next-gen stats era. Yeah, We've never seen something like this before. P.J. Walker's making history. Uh, that era goes back to 2016. He launched it, man. He did. He really? did. He's got a good arm. I mean, you can see the way he spins the ball, everything there. I really think that was part of the why it got completed. I think the two guys downfield were going, wait, he, he can't throw it this far, and they kind of let up. I mean, DJ Moore let up. He was like, wait, he can't reach me here. And then the ball went in the air, and he was like, oh, shit, I got to go turn it on to go get this. And it, he dropped it in there perfectly. I mean, remarkable play, really. It really was. Then, it was he, then he takes his helmet off. And then he takes his helmet off and does the dumbest thing on Sunday. And they miss the extra point, which is now a 47-yard extra point. Right. Eddie Pinheiro. Right. And, and then he, they get the ball in overtime and drive right down. Yeah, to win it, a field goal. Chip shot. 32-yarder. So he might have missed the extra point anyway, is what that shows us. Well, right? maybe. Or that he maxed them out of his rhythm <laughs> altogether. Totally right? up now. Yeah, and then the Falcons was. go back down and kick. Like, I don't totally know what to make of this game because – we talked about how that division's not very good. Right. I mean, both of these teams, I don't know. Could both these teams be competing in this division five weeks from now? Falcons are leading it right now by a game. I, Atlanta, I could see hanging around. They're just going to be one of those teams. Like we kind of talk about with the Giants, run the ball, manage. We're not going to make a mistake. We'll wait for you to make one and yeah. kind of go that way. I think when it's all said and done that, that, that it won't happen like that, though. I, I think that slowly but surely we'll continue to see the flaws here with the Atlanta Falcons. I, I think, you know, uh, Carolina, we're seeing improvements. Well, that's – yes. So that that's that's the thing where I'm going, wait, this is more along the lines of the team I thought we might see this year. And, again, I, Wilkes, I got to check them out on film. I don't know what he's doing differently on defense. Um, but, like, you talked about the Foreman thing. The Foreman thing, that was remarkable yesterday. Yeah, what do you make of that? Three touchdowns for Deonta Foreman. It's just like, I think the thing that amazes me more than anything is I don't remember seeing any even big runs yesterday. I remember just seeing, like, eight yards, 12 yards, six yards, His longest yards. was 16 yards. Like, holy shit, that's kind of amazing. That really is. You know? And I think P.J. Walker's doing enough here where he's going to be the quarterback here for a while. So we'll see where it goes. They got some weapons at the receiver position. Terrace Marshall's showing up a little bit more here with DJ Moore. You know, the defense, you see the pass rushers and stuff get involved in the game. But I, I don't know. I guess at the end of the day, I don't have a ton of faith in either one of these teams. I got mad respect for them, but I don't think I have faith in them. David Bell tells us we need to stop saying the Panthers lost that game because of DJ Moore and his helmet. The kicker needs to make that kick, period. Well, yes, we, we get that. 48-yard field goals are not the guarantee, though. Well, That's not. where yeah. we've, we've become a little like desensitized to that especially in this day you, and age. Especially when you got bad vibes flowing through the team, too. It's like that. I, I that don't was know. football gods right there. Kind of makes it. The like football gods were edge. like, wow, we gave you a gift and to win the game, and you took it right back and disrespected yeah. us right there. Yeah, so they play again in two weeks, so maybe we'll get another crazy finish. And That was DJ like the Moore. most unexpected thing ever. Like, whoever thought that game was going <laughs> to end up being a shootout in the second we're half? Like, this is <laughs> awesome. We're like, is it important? Does it matter? No, I don't know, I but don't it's pretty know. cool. It was. It was. Time now. Forgive me the headlines presented by Hyundai. So this is what we do. We enter the newsroom 
It's as if we have a newspaper. Newspapers are thriving. Yes. Chris is the headline writer. Actually, Pete's the headline writer, but then Chris kind of takes the credit for it. Digital newspaper. I don't cut trees down. (laughs) That's right. Digital. Or recycled paper if we do deliver. Right. Uh, We got three games. We start with the Patriots beating the Jets 22-17. Your headline for this game is... The Empire Strikes Zach. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, no. His career versus the Patriots, he's 0-3. He does have a couple touchdowns, but he has seven interceptions, three of them yesterday. Well, I just, I you know, unbelievable. I don't, I, it's shocking that he could do what he did yesterday after what he's done the first four weeks of playing this year. Taking care of the football, playing the right way, making no mistakes. Wait, we're going to run the ball. I'll wait for my opportunities to make a big play in the pass game. Our defense is good. I mean, they've been doing all that the right way. And then the team that you know you got to do it against more than any other team is this team. And he decides, ah, today's the day I'm going to try to be Josh Allen or, or Rodgers in their prime and just make magical throws all over the field. It just, I, I'm just shocked. It was literally the one thing that you were complimenting him on Is last he, week. And exactly he got some pushback right. by Jets fans, but you're like, no, he's managing the game. He's doing the right things. And then he starts out the game yesterday where I go, ooh, he looks good. He's throwing the ball. I mean, they're up 10-3. to 3. He made some big-time throws where I was going, okay, watch out. Here we go. And it just, it fell apart. It fell like, apart. You don't know me, Chris. Well, you don't know me. Apparently. you know. And then, you know, that that... And it, 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 what's funny, too, is it seems like it fell apart all on the fact of a interception pick six that got called back for roughing the passer. Oh, that was And almost like it changed the momentum of the game in itself right there. So it was 10-3 right before half. Patriots right. with the lead. And then Mac Jones throws it right to Michael Carter the second, the defensive Michael Carter, right. who takes it back for the touchdown. But there was a flag. No, was it a nothing the passer? Jonathan Franklin Myers, do you, were you going to put that in the nothing no, the passer I'm category? Not. No. You, you thought this one was legit. I thought it was legit. It was Late. the right call. He took a couple steps. He took at least a couple steps. Maybe three. It definitely was two. He had time to hold up before hitting Mackey, think. 100%. That was one where I looked at and just went, I, I, you know, that, that's your fault. I can't believe you did that right there. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, – Pretty, pretty, pretty amazing moment. The more amazing about that moment, I think, than anything, too, is just like, what the, what the fuck was Mac throwing do there? That is also like deserves a, a, a an evaluation there. I mean, he literally, I don't know what he was doing right there, but yeah, that was a, a big moment in the football game because the Jets had a third and two, the drive before. And Wilson had a shallow cross for probably going to be the first down. It's going to be close, but he's fading away. Had a similar throw like this last week against the Broncos. Where, yeah, he's fading away and kind of going backwards, but you're, you're too good to miss the ball the way he did. He throws the ball high, interception, Jawan Bentley. And you're going, oh, damn, oh, God, gosh, here the Patriots are going to make something happen here. And they got that interception, and you're thinking, oh, the Jets are somehow going to make this all happen. It's going to be 17-3. to and they got that field goal, and then what? It was the first drive of the second half. They marched right down the field again, yep. and uh, it was kind of like that with Zach's stupidness there. Uh, that was game over. Yeah, it was a five-yard touchdown pass from Jones to Myers there. I mean, it wasn't one of those where you walk away for the Patriots. You're like, oh, I feel great about this one. But they are four and four right now. No, I, you're right. You're right. It's you don't feel great about it, and you honestly look at it and like I, I don't know. I came away going, well, the, the Jets are. They looked like the more talented team on the field, really. They just got to learn to play the right way again and 
You know, Zach Wilson just you can't do that in those situations. And now he's given everybody the the jump off spot to crap all over him again. And uh, it just was, I was shocked that he regressed like that on a, on a day like yesterday. They're like, I defended you last week, Zach. I can't do it two weeks in a row. This one's on you. Well, you know. This one's on you. Yeah. You know, they had a good drive. It was 13-10. They missed a field goal, right? And then Patriots went down and kicked the field to go up 16-10. And then he threw another stupid interception, I believe. And that became 19-10. And then he threw the third of the stupid interceptions. 22-10. And that was 22-10. And that was night-night. And that was pretty much all she wrote. Eisen Lucy DU1 says, how about a damn no-K for Zach Wilson? Yeah, he deserves a damn no-K. I don't know. I don't know what he was doing. Maybe he was hanging around too many MILFs last night. Credit to Bill Belichick. 325 career wins, including the playoffs, passes George Hallis for second all-time. Still has got to catch Don Shula, who has 347, so he'll get there next couple couple years. I don't know. It'll take three years, maybe. Two good ones, for sure. He's not going anywhere, though. Football's his life. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Broncos, go to London. Defeat the Jaguars 21-17. Your headline there is? His Majesty of High Knees. <laughs> Nobody does high knees in the airplane like Russell Wilson. I mean, that's probably true. I bet no one does that. Literally no one does that. He, I heard he was going over the London Bridge like with high knees. Uh, I'm like, I don't know. Uh, Russell Wilson, in case you didn't know, was doing that on the flight over to London, his teammates noted, and confirmed those news. But, hey, maybe it helped out because at the end of the game when they needed a drive, he was not tired. He's like, I've been doing high, high knees at 32,000 feet. I can go 80 yards down the field. He did this against the 49ers. He and the offense did it. When yeah. They needed like an 80-yard drive at the end of the game and an ugly game to win it. Give them credit. They did it for the second time this season. They score more than 20 points, and they needed them. They won uh, against the Jaguars. What would you make of it? Yeah, well, I just – I think the – the you know, one, that play by itself to another one where I go, the only thing he's been able to do all year is hit a go route or a post route, and you're going to give him a chance one-on-one on the outside with K.J. Hamler. I, I guess I was a little surprised by that. I know they're trying to keep him out of field goal position too, but, you know, still, hey, there's some positive things. Do they make some plays? Yes. But is that shit ugly still? Yes, it is. Was there a number of throws during the game where, I mean, again, I thought they did a pretty good job pointing it out in the podcast. I mean, on the podcast, on the telecast with uh, with Reddick and Orlovsky. I thought they did a good job a few times of being like, what's he looking at? Like, this is what I've been trying to tell people. They had some great cable cam shots where you go, this guy is wide open. What is your, it's the first read. So it's still head scratching his play. Now, they got away with it yesterday, you know, and, and, and good for them. And I'm glad the heat's off Nathaniel Hackett a little bit because I think it's a little too much on him and it shouldn't be. All because of left hat, 46 yards left hash of week one. Nobody will back off of him. So I'm happy for him. I really am. But I don't feel any better about Russell Wilson after this. Maybe it gives him a little momentum. Maybe. Right? Maybe. And then, you know, I, I got to say again here, like, just with Trevor Lawrence, it's just, you know, it, just, again, stupid mistakes like Zach Wilson. And 
Crypto Mug. They're so three- close in some ways, and he just can't capitalize. Crypto Mug 358. Can we speak about how bad Trevor Lawrence is? Enough is enough. He ain't that dude. Well, he's certainly not what everybody tried to hype him to be. Not at this point. There's, I still see a lot of positives. So I'm not uh, – him and Zach Wilson, I'm not ready to write off by any stretch of the imagination here. I'm not. Their talent's too good. But you've heard me. It's been – it's been ever since he came out in the draft. There's just inconsistencies in his throwing, you know, you know. Even in the pocket, sometimes doesn't have great natural feel. You know, one the interception in the red zone just it can't happen. It and Ahmed, um, the guy who intercepted, forget that the guy he was throwing to was also going to ha- intercept the ball too. It was going to undercut, so that was a bad decision. You know, he took a took a bad sack when um, or no had a bad grounding penalty when they were in field goal position that took points off the board I had another play too that I can't remember but then there was just a number of throws through the day that were off target and even some of the completions that's what I looked at where I just went man like if he throws that ball in the money the guy's gonna run for 10 more yards instead he went to the ground to catch it and it's like the interception at the end of the game that you know was the game ender there you know, it's a pretty simple throw, but I think it goes back to what we talked about. There's just some inconsistencies in his, you know, throwing. He is not a machine there yet, and uh, yeah, he's not that dude right now. But I still think he's got the potential to be that dude. The coolest nugget of the game is that Latavius Murray scored for the Broncos. He is the first player with a rush TD for two different teams in London in the same season. Holy shit! Because he was in New Orleans. Or he was in New Orleans. He got to play touchdown. that game. Camara was hurt. And everybody, that's crazy. He's London's favorite player. Wow, that's Latavius pretty cool. Murray. That's cool. The guy I called Kyler Murray on the pregame show, which last prevented night. me from getting that nugget in. On I might have said that. And My I was, bad, man. I did, but that's okay. I was yeah. glad to be there for you. One time thanks there's so many times in this podcast you go what's that guy's name and i just sit here i'm like hey if you can't think of it <laughs> and if pete doesn't get in your ear it's not gonna happen so that was the one time i had your back uh one more game got the commanders beating the colts uh taylor heineke did it again your headline for this game is Ooh, scary terry <laughs> In honor, in honor of Halloween. Yeah, that was it. Was it a cow? Or was I was a trying horse? to was like a, ghost. what was I trying? You know, like a ghost or a goblin, yes. but that didn't come out quite as good. I love Taylor Heineke. Yeah. I love Terry McLaurin oh, you just love, as much. I, yeah, I get you. You I love like, some Taylor Heineke. I do like him. Yes. But, but Terry is, is right up there because he, man, contested catcher. Yeah. So like he's a, t- he's a tough player. Seems to play very well with Taylor Heineke. They needed it at the end here. It was an ugly game. You got your Sam Ellinger playing for the first time for Matt Ryan. He loved Chris Sims growing up, so you were rooting for him, I'm sure. But, well, I picked them to win. That was the only reason. Well, that, I was, that I was, reason too. I was trying to make. I wanted it to happen there. I mean, Taylor Heineke figured out a way, and it was Terry McLaurin right there with him. Yeah, yeah just hung around. That's what they did. It was a defensive struggle type of football game. I mean, yeah. it wasn't pretty to watch. Uh, you know, one Washington's defense. It's pretty damn good and continues to, to be better. You know, they're, they're, they're manipulating ways the last few weeks to run the football, right? Not just your traditional up the middle. It's, they're adding some more gadgets and, and people be, being involved. Excuse me. Yeah, Curtis Samuel rushed for four times. Didn't have a ton of yards, but no. they're trying to do different exactly things. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah, they had a reverse of McLaurin. You can see he lost seven yards or whatever else. Uh, and then Heineke's got a knack for making plays, and he's certainly got an, a nice aggressive nature about him. When he does see a chance to take a shot, he takes it. He does. You know, so Washington's a team, again, that they're, they can have somewhat of a respectable run game. His ability, he doesn't throw too many dumb interceptions or dumb passes like that. 
No, no, they got playmakers on the outside to what you're saying, to where they could be one of those teams that we keep going, how do they win? How did they do this? I also think there's a little bit of a silver lining here for the Colts too. I think this is more – This is more. I think it's more the way they can play and win and maybe be more respectable than what they were with Matt Ryan. I think this is the reason I thought that they went with this move. You know, run the ball, take a shot down the field every now and then. Ellinger, we're going to have a few design runs for you. It helped open up the run game for Jonathan Taylor, I think. You know, his ability to get out of harm's way a few times helped them out. So the Colts can still have a say in this and be one of these annoying teams in the AFC, maybe squeak in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same way about the Washington Commanders. Yeah. There's I'm enough getting... talent on both sides of the ball in Washington to go, you know, the scheme's not bad. And then, yeah. like we always talk about, there's some guys that can go and do some things extraordinary. And, and make things interesting. The vibes I'm getting from the Washington Commanders are the vibes that I got from the Eagles last year. Squeak into the playoffs, lose by like 30 in your first playoff game. Yeah, yeah. You know, doesn't I, this kind of I, seem I, like that? I, could, I, I hear what you're saying. Just get in, you're right. but once you get in, yeah, that you're class not really of, in that class. Right. Yeah, you're not playing right. the Colts anymore with Sam Ellinger making his first start. Did you see enough of him to get a, get a feel? But you thought he was mobile a bit. Yes, gives right. Gives him some things. Yep, he missed a few throws. I thought, oh, you know, he'll hit that next week, you know, when he's in a better rhythm. It's not easy to come in the middle of the season and everybody's yeah. full go and, and hitting on all cylinders, and you're like, whoa, the pocket's collapsing quick. Whoa, things are moving fast. So, But all in all, took care of the football. I don't think he had a fumble or anything. Oh, he did have the one fumble. I forgot about that. They had that fumble, and Jonathan Taylor fumbled going in to, when they were getting close to score one time that I thought were pretty big moments in the football game. But either way, Washington, good for them. Gutsy win and a big-time clutch drive. And how do you let Terry McLaurin buy you one-on-one to mm-hmm. when you're up by – you know, the team needs a touchdown? You, you don't ever let that happen. That was kind of shocking that Stefan Gilmer fell asleep at the, at the wheel there. That was Give Me the Headline presented by – Booyah. Hyundai. The last thing to do here. Bet MGM Parlay preview. One more game to go. We got Monday Night Football, the Battle of Ohio. Yep. Bengals at Browns. Chris, you said that the Bengals would win 31-21 on Thursday's pod. And so a new tradition, we will go against that pick. And we will pick the Browns to win in a landslide. <laughs> we might need to, especially because I picked them best bet again. Yeah, It's another Monday night game. I'm going with oh, the best no. bet Bengals here. only favored by three. So, yeah, you think they'll cover easily. I do. I do. Now, you know, I, I've... Uh, of course, wish Jamar Chase was out there, but I, I you know, I don't want to say the Bengals are back. I'm not ready to say that. I think their defense is damn good. You know, I've been saying that, and I think they'll they'll make life to where I just don't think Cleveland's going to be able to run the ball consistently enough, and I don't think Cleveland's good enough in the pass game for that them to win the game that way. And then, I you know, Cleveland smaller defense. I can picture the Bengals having a little success running the ball on them, even though they can't run on most teams. I think they're going to be able to. And Cleveland always seems to blow a few coverages and let up big plays, and this is just the wrong group here right here. Mm. Let alone, I don't think the Cleveland pass rush is good enough to overtake the game, which I think is, of course, still the issue for the Bengals. You know? So I just look at it that way and just think, yeah, he's going to be – he, as in Burrow, is going to be too much. And I think their defense will just be a little too much. And, yeah, I think those just – I could see the game being – you know, close for the most part, and then just a few plays late third quarter, fourth quarter that you know, Cleveland just can't keep pace with with Joe Burrow and company, and and, and Cincinnati wins the game. If you win this bet, yeah, you're going to go two and one for your best bets for it's the like week. The first time like Be since amazing. like week one or two. You throw a party! Oh my gosh, that's unreal. <laughs> uh, Tyler Boyd, you mentioned that Jamar Chase not playing. Yeah, so Tyler Boyd, the over under for him is sixty one and a half receiving yards. I like that. He would be the guy I would look at. 
you know, their bright lights will be on T. Higgins. Tyler Boyd gets the benefit of sometimes being the guy on the inside slot. They move him around a little bit. Uh, this is not a team that matches up and plays man-to-man. So I would think there's going to be able to find some plays for him in the middle of the field. Uh, I do. I like the over there. And, you know, the other one I think about just a little bit is Mixon. I can see this being a Mixon night. It's hard to ever say, oh, I want the over with the Bengals and anything in the run game. Yeah. But with Cleveland, and I think them being so worried about, hey, even though Jamar Chase, this, they can still stretch the field here, that it could lead to some open holes for Mixon as well. The action never stops at BetMGM. You can sign up now using the bonus code SIMS. Your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. So say you bet $100 on the Bengals, Ahmed, to win the AFC. The whole thing. The whole thing. Okay. If you win, you get $1,100. But if you lose, you still get $100 worth of free bets. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com. Enter bonus code SIMS to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000 thousand dollars and that is it we've made it to the finish we did line it. of this podcast whoop, whoop. and i'm not gonna be back wednesday i know you got you're missing some time here lately i did well this one's not vacation i know this I is work have, but have you have vacation. a vacation coming in two I weeks know. i was told last night what an asshole you are okay <laughs> right during football season but, <laughs> it's all right we'll but it's always it something it's always something we might me. get big i'm gonna try to get big phil to come in and fill in oh. for you on wednesday okay. do something like that about time and we'll just talk ball i know he's guys slacking i know he's slacking guy works two days a week he acts like he's uh, carrying <laughs> the whole world on his shoulders yeah all right? well that'll be good i'll be a listener thank you i will not be a host you're the man kick some butt out at the breeders cup breeders cup nbc he'll be in kentucky yeah, his country. You can talk about. It I, I know. I, probably, I should probably let some of my cousins and stuff know and make you get tickets for them and stuff like that. And bother <laughs> you? They annoy you. You like, like to put get, work yeah. on me. I'm going to put work like, on can you. Get tickets? Right? Yeah. I was like, I can't get myself tickets. To have this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Subscribe, rate, review. Enjoy Monday Night Football. Browns, Bengals. It should be good. I think the Bengals are close to kind of getting this thing right on track again to where they were last year. It stinks they have you no know, Jamar Chase, but we'll see. Tonight will tell us a lot. Uh, hope everybody enjoyed it. Wednesday, you know we'll be back breaking things down more in depth. We'll look forward to the week coming up. But everybody be good. Enjoy Halloween. Mm-hmm. Enjoy Halloween. Be safe out there. Eat, yep, be safe out there. Eat lots of candy. Check for Blaze. It's the one day. Yeah. I know, the, the urban legend the of Blaze. Blaze. My kids were asking me about that. I yeah. was like, I've never heard it ever. It just became a thing, and people don't stop talking about it. <laughs> Candy's good. Open yeah. it up. Eat just it. Eat See it. ya. Peace. Clap, Clap it up. It up. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.